You are now listening to Out of the Blank. to another episode of out of the blank podcast i'm here with miss freedom <laughs> nice to meet you rob i wanted to say that my real name is eleftheria but it's a greek name so for simplicity's sake that rob's gonna call me freedom i'm gonna call her freedom throughout the rest of this podcast yeah. only because it is 5 a.m here and i don't think anybody in the world can pronounce that name at 5 a.m yeah yeah no time at all actually so don't bother <laughs> So tell me a little bit about yourself and if you want what you do professionally. Um, I am a massage and herbalism instructor. I am located in Athens, Greece. Uh, I've traveled quite a lot around the globe and I have a small school which is situated in, excuse me, which is located in Athens, Greece. Actually, I'm here right now. And I'm doing courses on massage therapy and herbal medicine. What exactly are you trying to teach about or at least instruct people on on massage therapy and herbal medicine? Because like I think from what we know here in America is the fact that like we use supplements, we use all these different types of things to be able to extend our life. It seems like man or whatever, just our human race in general has this object of trying to reach immortality by trying to postpone death for the longest (laughs) amount of time. Okay, okay. This is not possible, obviously. Uh, from my point of view, it's just um, a way to to make one's quality of life better, and it's it's just that you know, no big um, things, no hype, no, just that. Well, that's the mentality of what we as people perceive it to be. Is just the fact is we can take a supplement and think we're going to live forever, even though that's not true. Um, you know, there's a lot of beneficial ingredients when it comes to herbs and supplements. I mean, one of my favorite ones is called horny goat weed, which I think is a pretty funny name for a supplement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I know that. I know that. It's true. There, there's a lot of hype going around this thing and a lot of lies and a lot of exaggerations, you know, about all that stuff. And um, I'm trying, you know, to to base my work and, and, and my approach on um, clinical research. You so know, what, on, on, well, you said lies. What exactly do you mean? Because I think where I think you're thinking of it as the fact is um, all this research for people that like with alcohol addiction or something that says like, oh, these supplements will help heal your liver. These supplements will do this. These supplements will do that. They don't really have any, I would say, substantial amount of evidence that they clearly do heal it. It just seems like they might lessen some of the effects to it at least from what i've heard from doctors and what i've listened to through podcasts of medical research where they're talking about um like i know people will take fish oil or stuff to help with joint inflammation it does help but at a so minuscule level that's why you have to take them for so long people think they're going to get a pill and then swallow it and then immediately it's going to be healed i'm going to agree with you absolutely it also depends on the level of inflammation and the problem, yes, on the d- degree to which it has developed. Obviously, if um, if you take a supplement when your problem is like minor, 
it will help you more. But if you have like a very serious health problem, um, conventional medicine is absolutely necessary, yeah? And this is what I say to everyone. There might be some supplements which may help someone uh, if they're combined with conventional medicine, but um, most often than not, um, alternative medicine by itself, if we're talking about a serious health problem here, yeah, uh, will not suffice. So you're talking about more on the lines of like using um, herbal supplements to help with minor things going on. Like if you have an aching back, it might help with some joint inflammation. I know foods can yes, do that yes. as well. Okay. Yes, yes. Because I was like, if we're talking about a person that's dealing with fighting cancer, there's no pill that's going to be like, here, this of is going to help not. with that. That's like, all of right. Of course need, not. Come yeah. on. That's, a, that's just a fat big lie, you know. Um, there are there are many charlatans, as I, as I said before, in in the field of alternative medicine. Well, yeah, this, this field in general is very, very, um, I wouldn't say it's not like real i would just say it's very very complicated to deal with all the people out there that are really just trying to sell some quick product that's yes, also absolutely. trying to um, really discredit it a lot i mean i'm a fitness freak so if we want to go down the nutrition lane we can go all about the nutrition and the health benefits and stuff but i was never open to like massages i'm always really really freaky when anybody gets near my back um I'm suffering with a spinal injury, which I'm like, oh, there's actually a benefit to this. Like I came across um, my buddy, I was just laying on his carpet floor, you know, just chilling, trying to stretch out my back because mm -hmm. I feel like it's mm -hmm. a good way to, you know, pop something. And he just starts stepping on my back as a joke. And I'm like, wow, this really feels good. And then when I was, I've, I've been going to the doctors, they've been telling me that my back muscles are super, super tight. And just that relief, that massage, that press in, you don't even know you need it when they do it. You're just like, Oh my God, like, can you do that again? Like, oh, it just feels so good. Okay, you, you addressed a lot, a lot of topics here, I think. So first of all, massage therapy is, is a great treatment, I think, for chronic uh, musculoskeletal issues and for stress, of course. But uh, massage therapy by itself addresses soft tissue problems, yes? So if you have a problem at your spine, uh, you have to go to an osteopath or to a chiro, you know? Yeah, chiropractor. Maybe, or, or to a chiropractor, yes, who may be able to help you because there are some cases where an osteopath will not be able to help you, yes? And um, some cases definitely need surgery. <laughs> to, yeah. to I could definitely see more of a benefit when it comes to your spine, when it comes to a chiropractor, but also the fact that like for someone like me that actually has like a good amount of back muscles, what's happened is, is that my experience, what they call muscular dystrophy, where I've been working out for so long and doing so many different exercises compared to my body weight, that my back muscles can actually maybe you know form your spine in a different direction it's the same reason why during this podcast i should be sitting straight up because we got to talk about posture and things of this sort yes um, yes of course i believe that the best medicine for any back problems is exercise yes it, it, it's the best medicine of all i mean to to strengthen uh, your latissimus dorsi uh to strengthen your trapezius muscle so that your posture is, is correct or even to do some Pilates like core exercises, you know, to strengthen your abs and your and, and your core muscles. This is much better than massage, actually. But massage therapy can help a lot at chronic pain. It's something I have seen 
and, and have experience. But it's also a field where um, people are exaggerating a lot, you know. It, there's a hype also around that quite a lot. Now, what exactly do you mean by exaggeration? Because when you say that, the first thing I think of is all these people that are selling like cure-all massages or they're doing yes, they're, yes, they're doing them exactly. in like a mall or something. Like, you know, you roll up onto a chair and they're like, oh, like a 30-minute session for 50 bucks or something where they just sit there and massage you in a mall. I'm like, how much are you actually really helping there? I mean, you have the person sitting still up straight. When I think of a massage, I think of somebody laying out on a table and some person coming up and really trying to soothe your back muscles or any part of your muscles. <clears throat> okay, what you're describing, uh, it's, it's something we're calling on-site massage, yeah? And it's done on a special ergonomic portable chair. It's a treatment um, which is suited especially for malls and for um, shops and for open places. Obviously, you cannot have a person like half naked and lying on, on a massage table in a mall. That's yes, a obviously. fun massage though. That's a fun yeah. massage. <laughs> it can happen. Yeah, it's, it's like absolutely impossible. So uh, these are two different things. And uh, it's two different settings. Each one has its own benefits. Okay, well, so tell me, tell me the benefits here, because if you're saying that there's different benefits, how, what strictly is different? Uh, you mean um, between an on-site massage and um, between massage a massage that you between a massage that you would give based on one that you would find in a mall or someone can order off an Amazon package? Because I mean, I I'm, I'm a, like you're talking to people in America that don't have a lot of money. Um, sure. you know, so we're, we're more likely going to go on Amazon and try and find a self massager or something of that course. comes to those. Of so course, I want to know, course. I want to know the holistic healing factors when it comes to, um, what's the difference between going to you to get a massage then compared to if I just ordered a toy off Amazon. Okay. First of all, I have to say that I, I don't like so much the word holistic. Yeah. Because it's also a word that's connected with selling things that don't really co correspond to, to reality yeah, and to actual benefits. So um, the main difference lies in what we call neurofeedback, yeah, because it's something that uh, someone else does to you. And the person who is trained in actual anatomy, yes, they can find uh, the spots they have to press and the, the areas that you have to work on in a much more specific way than a device, yeah? Like if you have a problem at your spine, I can perhaps work at your articulations of the spinal column. And that's something a device cannot do, obviously, yes? A device will just bring some warmth and some heat on the muscles, which of course will be beneficial. There's no talk about it. Well, do you think that like with all this type of, um, you know, like just through experiencing at least giving people massages and things, do you see that it's becoming more common that people are coming to visit you for healing purposes only because of the fact of like the way we were living our lives now compared to what we were doing back in the day? It seems like we always talk about like you mentioned um, activity or working out or something is, is like kind of the best form sure. of therapy. Of that course. is, it, it's also 
one of the least favorited among a lot of people just because it's so much easier to sit inside your house all day. And there's actually problems that go into with sitting in a certain, I guess what you call a serenity lifestyle where you're just sitting around watching TV all day. You know, your spine's bent, everything's messed up. Next thing you know, you get up when you stand up and do that, your back will crack or something. So I think, um, you know, just with the way we've been going with technology, what do you think about um, people just, uh, you know, experiencing more back issues or experiencing more pain just because of the fact we're not moving? It's true, yes. Uh, it's a matter of lifestyle and a matter of habit. It's also a matter of motivation, yeah? Because in order to follow uh, an exercise program, you must have the motivation for it. it. It's very easy to get bored or feel unmotivated. Okay, so... So, so, so either you must have uh, some motivation or you must have... Or, or this has... Uh, it must have become something like a habit for you. Okay. Um, when, yeah, like for me, you know, I picked it up uh, because of I had some things in high school. I got bullied pretty bad. So I hooked into the fitness thing right, okay. off, right on key. But for all these people that are out here experiencing, what's a, what's a fix here? I mean, I know you don't like the word holistic healing, but how do you try and teach people that there's a better way to heal themselves? I always look at it through forms of therapy, not just massage therapy, but more on the lines of getting in touch with the inner part of yourself, finding out like there's one thing we all have in this world. I, I consider it like a secret. It's like a lock on our whatever our passion, a lock on our heart, basically. What is that one thing that makes you tick? That one thing that makes you tick, that one thing that makes you pulls you in. That's the thing that literally, if you're doing something and the day goes by, it feels like it's only been 10 minutes, but the whole day has gone by. That's what you're meant to be doing. That's your that's your outlet. That's your force. Okay, listen, I don't consider myself a coach. Yes, or a guru or something. I just know anatomy and um, massage therapy techniques. So what I do is only for chronic pain and stress. I'm not trying to teach someone how to live a better life or to be a better person. Yes, it, it, it's just not what I'm doing. Well, if you're working on chronic pain, okay, then um, totally just throwing out that question. Uh, what, what exactly are you, who, who have you worked on? What have you seen fixed? Like what's proof here? Because, you know, with people, proof is in the pudding. So we need to see that. Of course, of course. You know, I, I live in Greece, right? So you may have heard that there is a huge economic crisis here. <laughs> yes. Which now with all this COVID-19 thing, uh, it has become even worse, actually. So uh, because I actually live in a low budget area, yes, I live in a, what you can say, like a poor people area, yes, in Greece, in, in Athens. It's, it's a poor neighborhood. So the people who will come to me for a massage treatment will do that only when um, the anti-inflammatory pills they're taking start damaging their stomach. <laughs> there is no other way that a person will come to me for a massage treatment, yeah? Also, my services are, I, are priced quite... Um, affordably yes like i may charge something like 25 euros for an hour which is quite affordable yeah or like 15 euros for half well, an hour i don't want to really know the i don't i don't really want to know the pricing i want to know who have you worked on that you've seen help many people you know uh, i've worked a lot with el elder people yes like el elder women who had um, back problems i have worked with people 
uh, who had like um, what we call in massage therapy overuse syndromes. These people can be like athletes, yeah, um, who may people have had experienced like hypertension and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hypertension or people who have been doing like repetitive movements. So like yeah, like when a muscle um you know like when you have that feeling like you're about to pull something, massage helps with that. No. Not really. Uh, really? Have, a, a massage no, doesn't no, no. help if you're about to pull a muscle? Because I'm pretty sure I've almost pulled a couple of muscles. And when someone massages that thing, it helps it stop become so tense. Because the problem when you pull a muscle is it becomes tight like a wire. If you pull a piece of string, you got that slack to it. You pull that string, right? That's what your muscle feels like 24-7. Now, through working out, I've been an idiot. And let me tell you something. I bench pressed and I've ripped my chest muscle and then continued to try and bench press. So okay. I need that, a massage. That's a to mistake. Fix that. yeah. No, you don't. No, I know. You don't. If you don't, you don't. If you have an acute injury, you need ice and rest. Yeah, I figured that out about five years ago, two years after that chest injury. I mean, we all got to run into something and figure it out on our own, but it helps with relieving, you know, tense muscles as well, too, which I think is very, very important. Yeah, you said no, you said no on that. So I was just making sure. No, 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 no. Come on, I didn't say no on that. It's very beneficial for tight muscles, yes, or for um, muscular imbalances, but not for acute injuries. Yeah, like if it's already happened, you can't fix it. That's like trying to that's like trying to pave a road while people are driving on it. It's gonna be impossible. Okay. All right, just making sure I just want to make sure I, I'm I'm trying to clear that up because that, that's like a big thing. People are out here listening, thinking like, wait a minute. So if I break my foot off, I can go get it fixed with no no no, you can't do that. Can't do that. But it does help relieve a lot of stress and pain. Like when you're waking up in the morning, um, when you get out of bed, you feel something sore, you feel something in pain. That massage therapy, any type of form of this type of therapy is very, very beneficial into making sure that you're not going to get that injury or you're going to help yes, maybe yes. fix it. Of course, of course. It's also beneficial before exercise or after exercise. Of course. Yeah. Before a sports event. Okay. For so sure. We'll- like um, I've had some students who are working in, um, in top class basketball teams in, in, in Greece. We have, uh, we have good basketball, you know. You may have heard about We have actually beat USA team once yeah. <laughs> in, in, in a World Cup. <laughs> so... Uh, I've, I've, I've had some students who have been working with basketball athletes. Do you and, find, and I've, I've had like what? Do you find that with on, um, the form of therapy like this, do you think it's going to become more common? I'm looking at it like the fact is that, you know, we talk about people living a serenity lifestyle and it seems like it's, it's very hard for people to want to go and spend money on getting a massage. But I also see it as a major benefit. Like I know what they do in education systems or what they started doing down here was they started giving kids yoga time. So instead of putting them in timeout, give them an area to where they can relax and do yoga stretches. It helps calm the mind. It helps calm the soul down, I believe. I don't believe that massage therapy is going to become more widespread because it's kind of expensive and, and, and not affordable for many people. I believe that exercise will become more widespread in the near future. 
also I have this kind of question to ask you is the fact is I've never really taken a massage only because I get really weird when people put their hands on me, but also mm-hmm. what happens if I fart? Like, are you going to be upset if I do that? Cause I feel like that's like the ultimate compliment for someone that's a massage therapist. If someone farts is because that literally means you put me to a level where I'm completely relieved, where I can let that out. I'm comfortable. Um, can you repeat the question, please? Because I, I did not understand really. How do you feel on farts? Okay, <laughs> uh, I don't like it when it happens. You know, but it it, it can be part of the whole it's, thing. But it's a compliment, though, because technically, if you got me to fart, that means you put me at a level where my body was so relaxed. Like that's a thing that you got to think of about it when you talk about massage therapy. It might be a joke in saying that, but forever we're walking around this world as people thinking about what is that person thinking of me so we're constantly not being ourselves so when you're in a massage and you're sitting there like i'm, I'm going to hold this fart in i'm going to hold this fart in because this this person's going to think bad of me it might sound joking but it actually has deep meaning to it because when you're putting in that work and you're massaging them and you're helping them trying to get their body to a state of relaxation when you hear that it might suck you got to smell it but at the same time it's a compliment okay yes i mean the person has to feel comfortable with you yes also this Thing about farts is also a cultural thing like in Greece it is a kind of taboo in a way oh. yes of yeah. course but in some other countries like Sweden for example farting is not considered rude wow I need to move to Sweden holy crap okay so it, it's it's also like a cultural thing I was just trying to understand your ethics when it came behind that. Cause I know like a lot of people, um, you know, that do massages and stuff, they always talk about like all this, um, anxiety or types of fear that they're experiencing during a massage only because they're trying so hard to focus on not embarrassing themselves. And I look at that and I'm like, if you're spending all that time trying not to embarrass yourself in front of this lady who's tr- or male that is trying to bring you to a better form when it comes to your physical and mental state, then how much are you really getting out of the massage? Because if I'm sitting there all tensed up because you're trying to give me a massage and I'm sitting there thinking of like, I can't embarrass myself, I'm never going to fully be relieved when I leave. Of course, I'm going to, I'm going to agree with you, of course. Okay. So when you're doing your, you know, your massage therapy thing and, or you're doing your holistic healing, I don't want to be rude if that's what you don't want to call it, but what are you trying to instruct people? Or what are you trying to teach here? What is, what is, what is freedom's way of showing people how to find that relief? You know, I don't do something special actually. Yes. Uh, I just tell people to lie down on the massage table. Uh, I tell them that if they want to cry, or even fart, I'm, I'm not saying that, but, but, but it's acceptable, you know, that they can go ahead and cry on, or speak to me about whatever they want. Why, why would they cry? And that's all. It's very common in, in, in massage therapy because sometimes our emotions, especially blocked emotions, can be stored in muscles. So when someone tries to relax your muscles, um some tears may come up you know anyway uh, chronic stress and blocked emotions can make muscles tight so to see somebody crying uh can be a pretty common thing 
Do you find that a lot of it has to deal with if someone has like a overalling stress in their life? Like if someone just lost of a course. family member? Of course, of course, of course, a family member or a relationship ending or a betrayal from a friend or death. Many is things, that, is that, I guess that brings up the term when they say you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. In a way, yes. Uh, this can be a very subjective thing, you know, how you feel about something. Like um, the way people experience things can be very different. Depends on your mindset, on the, what you're going through in your life, on your past experiences. It's, it's completely subjective, you know. Well, with, you know, where exactly are you practicing this at? Do you own your own clinic? Do you own your own station? Um, I have a small school, as I told you, and the main thing I do is that I teach courses and give workshops on massage therapy. This is very... Well, how have you seen it impacted by COVID? It seems like you, you mentioned it earlier that it's become very, very weird with this pandemic going on. I would feel like this would be one of the main things that are also impacted so heavily because you got to put your hands on people to heal them. You got you to gotta, you gotta give them a massage. You can't do that. Nobody wants to be touched right now, even if you're wearing gloves. It's a disaster. It's a disaster. Uh, right now, I'm not allowed to offer massage therapy. Yes. Um, actually, the impact of COVID-19 in Greece wasn't so large. You know, I mean, we didn't really have a lot of victims. Yeah. Like the entire country has had something like 190 victims, which is, which is a small number. Yes. But still, we did have a lockdown and a quarantine for almost like two months. We're still in and quarantine over here. I mean, it's been two months and they're talking I know, about I know. Like a lot of places, comedy clubs, all these types of things, movie theaters aren't going to probably be open. They're talking about next year. So that's whole 2021 is what we're talking about. And I think yes, there's, I have so many problems and so many thoughts on this. I don't, I usually don't like talking about it just because I feel like we've already listened Mm -hmm. to it so much, but I mean, it's crazy because like if we wanted to turn it into the massage or the healing aspect of things, one of the main important things, which I've always, whenever somebody's ever asked me, like I I was asked a long time ago, if I could lose one sense, one perception, sight, hearing, any of that, what would I want to lose? And my strongest answer, the one I really kind of cherish, um, the one thing that I really kind of perceive everything through is my sense of touch. Because I believe your body, when it's trying to sense things, when it's touching an object such as a table, it's reading information. It's the same thing when it comes to massage healing. When your hands are going on someone's back, your hands, are, it, might, it might seem like it's not that complicated, but it actually is extremely complicated because what you're doing is you're receiving information. You're trying to find the spots where they hold the most tension, spots where they hold the most pain. Um, and with gloves, you can't do that. Like in a pandemic. Yes, of course not. It, it, you know, that's like, that's like putting, when you have shoes on, you cannot feel the ground. You can't feel that. But when you take your shoes off and you put your feet into the grass and you feel them, you wiggle your toes around, that's information getting to your body. It feels stronger. And this is a problem I see. I mean, how worried about you are you about this pandemic thing with trying to be working at all? Because I feel like it's completely going to change the whole game up for a while. Yes, yes, I agree. I, I agree with you absolutely. Um, you know, I was uh, like uh, scrolling 
through, through my Facebook feed, and I happened to see a, a photo, this is a, a completely another topic now, a photo of Bundesliga, you know what's Bundesliga? It's mm -hmm. a German football um, competition, yeah? German football. So as I saw a photo of some um, football players, soccer players, who had just scored a goal and were not allowed to hug each other, <laughs> you know? Uh, they were that's just a... looking. They were just looking at each other from, from a distance, and uh, like for for my culture in Greece, we were very warm and like open-hearted people. We we hug each other a lot. We kiss each other on the cheek when we meet friends. You know, uh, for me it was really shocking. That's, that's the whole thing is you want to celebrate after you get a win. You want to celebrate at an event. You want to have these bonding experiences with people as people were very, very, I would say we're very, very isolated when it comes to our social skills. But I would say that um, we are very, very connected when it comes to the type of responses and the type of feedback we like to get when we're Absolutely. something like an accomplishment. Mm -hmm. What's really sad to me is with all this type of stuff that's going on, you're seeing grandparents, you're seeing parents you're seeing all these things that like there was a kid that had their birthday party the grandparent stood six feet away and dropped presents on the ground and didn't get to hug their grandkid which really upsets me yeah it, it's the same thing for me too yes um as you said it, it's not a topic you want to go into but uh, my personal point of view maybe i'm wrong yeah because because i'm not a doctor after all uh is that this entire thing was a little bit exaggerated yeah. Well, well, what I think what got worse about it is the fact that as we tried to stop the spread, everyone was saying two weeks and everything like that. What really we did was just delay the progress of this thing. And now they're talking about getting a second wave of this stuff too coming yeah, yeah. later in same the winter. Same thing here. Yeah. It's the same thing here. We need to try our best to maybe reduce a lot of stuff. Businesses have to open back up, but it's the only aspect of so many are just have shut their doors forever. But if there's another wave coming, we can't just do the self-isolation thing again because I don't think people can handle it. We just we see them now, at least over here. They're already really pissed off and close to rioting just with the aspect of everything being shut down and changed so quickly. But I think what we need to do is we need to try and find a vaccine pretty fast. Do I know what that is? No. Um, but if there's another wave coming, there's no self-isolation we can do again because people aren't just going to have it. I think they realized how powerful, at least here, their government actually was. I mean, they, the cops said stay inside, you're going to get a fine, and people stayed inside. You know, here, uh, we had a lot of incidents in, in Athens and some other large cities of really extreme police violence because um, the bars and then the pubs were closed here in Athens, Greece. Yeah, they actually opened today. So uh, we had to think like many people used to just grab a beer and go and sit at the square. You know, like, like a large number of people. So the police used to come and throw tear gas, <laughs> beat people up. Uh, we had some arrests. You know, it's not nice. If police are get are beating up people, that means more clients for you, right? You get the massage <laughs> them back to health. Oh, uh, I, I would I would prefer that this would not have happened at all, really. Yeah. It's definitely a, a tragedy. When it comes to like what you're experiencing over there in Greece, 
or do you find that there's more of a opening towards, I guess, holistic healing or maybe forms of massage therapy just because like in America, there's spots here. I mean, I talk about, I live right next to a massage therapy place, um, but it's, it's owned by a Chinese family, but they also own right next door is a sushi restaurant. Then next door to that, they own a liquor store. It's all the same people that run the same thing. So how common is a massage therapy over there in Greece? Quite common, actually. The, the last years, uh, prices have dropped. So this encouraged uh, more people to seek out uh, massage therapy as a form of service. So the last years, it has become much more affordable. Also, Greece is a very touristic country, you know. Um, a large portion of, of the country's income is based on tourism because we have the, the Aegean Sea, Santorini, you know, and all that stuff, you know. So the islands have a lot of like luxury hotels and spas, which all offer massage therapy at not affordable prices, of course. Um, Why is it so expensive? That... Well, hold on. Why is it so expensive to get help? Like, because like like you were saying, you said you were considering yourself poor. I'm poor. Like, I mean, I'm not like to the point where I'm living off the street, but I mean, at, at the point of like, I don't have like a hundred or two hundred dollars, I could just toss out on a new pair of shoes or something, like without saving up for that. Like, I, I don't see like if people are looking for help, why the hell are you going to charge so much to give them that? And you know, people will pay it too because it's the same thing with taking a supplement. You really think sixty bucks for some fish oil pills are going to save your life? I mean, that's just—it's upsetting because like as people, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. As people, we're supposed to care about each other, and we're not even giving ourselves the dignity or respect to be able to help one another without charging an arm and a leg. It's true, it's true. Um, listen, the thing with massage therapy is that you cannot offer a lot of massage therapies, um, a lot of massage treatments during a day. Like the, the international instructions say, that you should not uh, work in, I mean, to give a decent treatment, yeah, for more than three hours, because then you start damaging your hands. You start having like overuse syndromes and um, repetitive injuries and, and that kind of stuff. How important is it That's for you I... to make sure that your hands are good? Like your hands are, you know, like- Very important. Yeah, I would see like you, you probably have to be more cautious around like when you're cooking, making sure you don't leave anything near like that could burn your hand or that could do damage to your hand. You got to be careful with anger as well, too. Like I knew um, my buddy who's a musician, he broke his hand because he got angry. He punched the wall and broke his hand. And okay. I was like, you're okay. I was like, that's dumb because you use that as your money maker. That's your hands produce the music. You can't play guitar if your hand's broken. Is a musician. Musicians have a temper, you know. So I, I completely understand that. Well, I just want to know how, how how cautious are you with your hands? Do you do any routines? Do you have any types of things that you try and do? Like if you're going out and you're going to pick something up, do you have to make sure that you're very very cautious? No, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm not at all. Yeah, like I'm, I'm working out. I do like weight training in order to strengthen my arms, my shoulders, and my hands. But at my daily things, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm really cautious. Yeah, like I'm cooking, I'm cleaning. Like my, this place, which is my school, the place where I give my courses, I even paint the walls myself, yes? So you, you can't say that I'm cautious or something. But I will never offer more than three treatments per day because then 
I know that I'm going to injure my hands and I will not, and I will not be able to work more. What are you trying to see as an end goal with this? Like, what's 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 what do you envision maybe ten years from now, five years from now? What are you trying to accomplish? Ah, that's a good question. Usually, uh, I don't uh, make plans for so far ahead. Usually, I make plans for like one or maybe two years ahead. I, I have no idea where I'm going to be like ten years from now. Okay, but what what do you see in a year then? In a year, I hope I will be able to run the courses I'm doing as I'm doing them right now, or, or at least before this COVID hysteria began. And uh, yeah, this is all I can hope for, yeah, that I will be able to run my business as I used to. I'm also writing books. I have written like a few books on Amazon about the stuff I'm doing. So I hope I will be able to write more books, but. Since this COVID thing began, actually, my sales dropped even on that, you know, because the books I'm writing is about massage therapy. So uh, exactly because this, uh, this, this field is not working as it used to be. It's the same uh, thing. With, same thing. Well, same same thing with podcasting. People thought that once COVID hit and people were locked inside their homes, that they were going to see an increase in podcasting, and it's actually the complete opposite. The reason why really? is because okay. people are listening to them at work. People are listening to them when they're on their drive to work. Well, if you cut out that drive to work and you cut out work in general, people are not going to sit at home and want to listen to a podcast because they're around their family. They're around something. They want to do something. So it's like, you know, they, they, our, our listener numbers dropped. But at the same time, you know, you have to look at the fact is obviously with this thing, it's going to throw out some plans. It's going to make everything a little bit different. But much like you know, um, especially being over there in Greece where it might not be as bad as it is here in America, you have plans for your shop. You have things you want to do. You have books you wrote. I mean, what did you write these books on? I mean, you're talking about forms of medicine. How are you explaining to somebody in a book the forms of medicine, what you're telling me right now? Because the way you're telling me right now is going to be different than if I try and buy a book. The book is going to say it in a different way. Of course, of course. Uh, I, try, I just try to do my best, you know, like I take a few photos, I shoot a video, and I'm writing descriptions. I also use some anatomy plates to explain things. Uh, I'm using like arrows and, and diagrams. It's, it, 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 it's the best thing I can do, yes. I think that's a good way of, uh, I guess, describing it, um, using photos and using, because I think as people were very visual learners, seeing is believing. Of course, of course, of course they are. Of, of course they are. I'm going to agree with you, but uh, it's something which I like, I like to do. It's a source of inspiration for me. I really enjoy doing that. And it's also a source of income for me. So I'm, I'm done doing it. When it comes to the biggest problems that you see involved in this industry, like how often do you come across one of these problems? I mean, besides maybe hurting your hands or something, but like when you come across someone that's doing this, I guess a disservice to this form of art or form of therapy, when uh, you see somebody on the street like, $5 massages here, $5. Um. What is the biggest problem? I think that people have some forms of misunderstanding about what massage therapy can do. Many people still consider it a form of luxury, 
And depending on, on, on the pricing, it, it can be a form of, of luxury, of course. Yeah, when you say massage, in my mind, I immediately think you have to have a suit, you have to drive a Lexus, or you have to drive some type of fancy car. Sure, sure. It's, but it's not at all like that here. Yeah, as, as I told you, many people are going to, to get a massage, and it, it can be quite affordable here. Even like visiting an osteopath in Greece, which, which studying osteopathy here, like like in most countries of the world here, yeah? it takes five years in the university and it's a very rigorous training with dissections and, and all sorts of stuff here, yeah? like what the doctors are learning. Um, and a visit to an osteopath here costs like 40 euros, which is quite affordable. So the, this um, kind of wellness thing uh, is, is, is quite widespread here the last years. Now we say, what is a goal in a year? What's a goal in five years? But what's your dream? What are you trying to accomplish here? Are you really trying to become more widespread about this? Because I mean, I studied a lot when it came to addictions counseling when I was in school. And one of my dream okay. goals that I wanted to do was open up a rehab center. So if you have anything that's like that on your mind. That, that's a very beautiful goal, by the way. Um, I have like two or three dreams. I, I'm, I'm not sure which, which one of them will become real. I would really like one day to just leave everything behind and go traveling in a van. You know, it, it has absolutely nothing to, to, to do. I knew, a guy, I knew <laughs> a guy I used to work with did that. Um, it's a chef at my old, I used to work at a hotel. Um, there was this guy, his name, was, his name was Billy. And he drove this really beat up crappy little, I think like Toyota or Honda or something. And he kept telling me, he's like, one day I'm going to leave and I'm going to go out into uh, Nevada and I'm going to just camp out in the mountains. And I'm like, okay, okay. And then one day he picked up and left. And I hope that's what he did. He had all his stuff in the back of his car. You know, always, I thought he was living out of his car, but I hope that's what he's doing out there. He was a great dude. Okay, I hope you, you, your friend is having a good, good time there. Nevada, okay, must be, a, must be a nice place. I was in Arizona two years ago, so it's uh, a, a little bit close. Well, uh, as a state. The reason why I brought that up was like the way you said that was like all these things that we consider dreams, they're pretty accomplishable. I think what happens is in our own minds, we build them up not to be. I think it's either there's a fear aspect of things too. I mean, one of my dreams was to go and travel around the world. And then when COVID hit, for instance, I looked at an inner light to myself. I was like, oh my God, I've been working every single day doing these types of things and just doing basically, I mean, something with podcasting, but honestly, I'm like, I want to experience what the world has to offer to me. I don't want to be stuck in my town for the rest of my life. Of course, of course, of course. And through meeting people, like talking to people like you, I'm going to use my podcast connections just to be able to travel. I want to come visit everyone I've ever podcasted with. I want to talk to people. I want to, okay. honestly, me and my cousin are having plans right now to buy an RV or like a tour bus and then just okay. go, around to, okay. go, go around to every state and just talk to everyone. And I'm like, I'm down to do that because there are people like you that you know, they just want to talk. They just want to show people that there's a better way than what people have been thinking for so long, especially with massage therapy. You're telling me it doesn't need to cost a lot of money. It doesn't need to be this ridiculous thing you see on television where some person. Of course. Like, yeah, of I, course. I think that's important to highlight. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Um, I don't believe, you know, I don't believe that uh, people should have as a goal being rich. Yeah. <laughs> 
I find it absolutely ridiculous. Like I've seen some commercials, like how I became a billionaire, you know, and all that shit. I find it absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I believe that nobody should have this as a goal, you know. So I'm I'm a fan of balance. Yeah, I believe that should that all things should have a good balance. I, I think that it's possible too. That's how the body works is you can be clouded in your mind and you can be physically fine, but you're not going to work hundred percent. You need to be focused on everything. I mean, I feel like our, we spend a lot of our time either with our heads in the cloud or we spend too much time with problems on our minds that we don't really understand the true vision of things, you know, finding out a little bit about yourself. And I think the one thing we can pull out of this pandemic situation that is a benefit is the fact that it has showed us an inner light to ourselves. What do we want to do? So many people are starting their own businesses because it's like, holy shit, now I actually have the time to do this thing. Yes, it, it's true. Uh, because many of us have missed things, yes? So when you are missing things and you are restricted, um, you can make like a, a real evaluation of the things that are important for you. Of course, many of us have done that, including myself. But... Um, Maybe it's, it's the only positive thing out of this situation. What have you found about <laughs> honestly? Well, what have you found about in yourself that um, that maybe this pandemic might have caused? Uh, not some. Uh, what I found out about myself, you mean, or about um, the society? Well, you said that this helped you find something about yourself, so I'm wondering what that was. Oh, uh, I. I, I, I this did not come like a surprise for me. Yes, like um, there were not big change. Not not many big changes happened within myself. You know, uh, it, it, it was no big deal for me really. You know, uh, I didn't discover something like uh, super amazing about myself. But some other people might have done. But you know, it's um, so sometimes we read in social media like Instagram, Facebook and all that stuff, some people said, oh, I discovered like a positive thing about myself or about life during this pandemic. Okay, uh, so I say maybe you're exaggerating a little bit or maybe you want to come out like a um, positive thinking, you know, <laughs> and all sorts of stuff because I can't see something positive in being so restricted for this amount of time. So yeah, I mean, we've been restricted. Some of you have been restricted their whole life. Not only when it comes to the pandemic situation, but just when it comes to being open with people. And I think uh, yes, it's true. It's this true. this legit or actual form of restriction of you not being able to leave your house or touch a neighbor or something, I think that has shown us that, oh my God, we had something that was amazing and we lost it. This thing called it's connection, true. connectivity. Yeah, and I think true. that's important to highlight. It's true. Um, this didn't happen to me, I must say, yes. Um, I, I'm saying again that this is just my personal view, and I found that all this thing was uh, highly exaggerated, you know? Yeah, so, I definitely think it was too. Yeah. So, uh, I, yeah, it, it didn't really change something for me, but I see it, uh, that it did change things for a few people, and I found it sad, actually, yes, because as human beings, we're, we're made to connect with each other, talk with each other, hug each other, and it's, it's, it's not natural. And apart from our biological health, we also need our mental health, you know? And uh, this thing, people becoming, um, how to say it, a sort of microphobia, 
Yeah, yeah, that's uh, definitely what it microphobia, is. Microphobia is not a health thing. Yeah, I definitely think it's going to cause a little bit more problems when we go back out into the world. I think people are going to be taking it a little bit, you know, changing up a little bit of things for good and bad. But also you can go a little bit too far with it, too, when it comes to like, oh, don't get anywhere near me. Don't get anywhere near me. Lysoling every single thing. It's like, okay, you're not you're not if you're spending your whole life worried about something coming to get you, then you're never going to truly have a fulfilling life. I rather. Yes, absolutely. I rather be carefree and die early than, you know live forever or live a long time and be worried constantly that's not a life that yes. you want to live i am going to agree with you absolutely on that of course so, i really appreciate your freedom coming out and doing the podcast if you want to um plug anything such as your website such as where people can find your services um you can do so okay okay thank you very much for the invitation my website is jointheflow.net and you can find uh, my books on Amazon under my name, which is Eleftheria Manzoru. Okay, and I know this can be- I'll make sure to, I'll, I'll, I'll write it in the description so people okay. can just click the link for you, trust me. Thank you very much, Rob. Thank you for your invitation. I wish you the best for your podcasts. If you ever, in the unlikely event, find yourself in Athens, Greece, please drop me a line. I'd be happy to drink a, a, a coffee or a beer. I'll have to take you up on that. That's one of the places I'm going because I'm a big fan of Greek mythology. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah, yeah. do it, do it. <laughs> okay. Thank you so uh, much for listening. Well, yeah. thank you so much thank for you. listening to this episode of Out of the Blank Podcast and stay tuned for our next episode.